Let us pray together. Jesus, you truly are the light of the world. And oh, how we need for you to shine brightly this morning. To shine brightly into the darkness that we bring into this room in our own very lives. To shine in the darkness in our neighborhoods, in the culture, in the list we live. To shine in the darkness that our churches still seem to be wrestling with. Oh Jesus, You are the light of the world. And Your light brings life and meaning and purpose to men and to women and to children. So come this morning through the power of Your Word and through the power of Your Spirit, Jesus, and shine Your light on us. We confess we still have darkness that we wrestle with. We confess that there's still a battle that rages. We still see dimly. And Father, we want to see clearly. And we want to know what it means that Jesus is the light of the world that has come so that we can be sons and daughters of this light and that we too can become in Him the light of the world. Oh God, would You come with Your Spirit and illumine the beauty of Your Son and the beauty of Your Word into our own hearts. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. If Jesus is like He claims to be, and as Scripture says that He is, the light of the world, why is my life still so dark? Why is it so still dark in this world in which we live? I mean, He is the light of the world. Is light reigning or is darkness reigning? Recently over the uh, Thanksgiving holiday, I was with my family and Um, I got permission to tell this story, but I was unable to wrestle permission to tell you which one of my children gave this story. Uh, They were in the early service, so you can't stare at them this service, uh, and you can't try to figure out who it was. But it was was one of those great things as a parent. You just love hearing your kids process about life and trying to figure life out. And it was, uh, you know... uh, Thanksgiving time, and actually after uh, we fall back, it gets darker earlier. Have you noticed it gets darker earlier? And one of my uh, children was noticing that it was darker earlier, and he or she said to me, is this nighttime savings time? Is this nighttime savings? Because, you know, it understands a little bit of the concept that it's light in the summer and there's something called daylight savings time. So we must be in nighttime savings because it's awfully dark, awfully early, awfully long. And I just love those stories. They warm my heart and uh, was able to uh, uh, tell him or her that, uh, no, it's just, you know, the earth and the sun. And, and they were real confused and so was I. But... <laughs> Sometimes we want to ask ourselves the same question, don't we? I mean, this is the Advent season, and we celebrate the reality that Jesus is the light of the world. I mean, we celebrate that there was a light in the sky that proclaimed a new birth, a birth of a Savior, a birth of one that was to shine in the darkness. And yet, sometimes, even in times like today, in times like Advent season, we still wonder, does He really shine? Did He really win? There's still so much darkness. Is this really Christ's light savings time? 
Because Scripture tells us this really good news. This is Christ's light savings time. That He has come as the light of the world. He's come to rescue us from darkness. He's come to set us free. You know, it's the Advent season where we celebrate that Jesus is the light of the world. But the story doesn't start 2,000 years ago or about 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. The story of Jesus and the story of the battle between light and darkness is a timeless story. It's a, it's a story before time even began. And it's not a timeless story like uh, uh, the movie A Wonderful Life. We see that movie and we'll say, that movie is timeless meaning that that movie transcends time. It has a meaning that touches our lives, that no matter if it's black and white or in color, it's timeless. Well, Jesus' story, yes, it's timeless in a sense where it always will transcend our lives. It'll always bring light into our darkness, and it has. But it's timeless in a sense that Jesus' story is beyond time. And it's the one, this light of the world, who actually created time. The theme this Advent season that we'll be walking through together in the light of Christ is the light that shines in darkness. And we're going to begin our journey in the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John is going to tell us the story of Jesus a little bit different than the Gospel of Matthew and Luke. Matthew and Luke give us very vivid details of, especially Luke 2, details of Jesus' birth, uh, Jesus' becoming man and dwelling among us. Um, and John, I'm sorry, Mark tells us, picks up the story with Jesus' baptism. But John tells us the story from the beginning. The very beginning. Not Bethlehem. But the beginning of the creation of heaven and earth. So, turn with me to God's inspired, holy, and errant word to John 1. We're going to look at John 1, 1 through 5, and John 1, 14. And then we're going to go back to Genesis 1 and see how the beauty, the incredible story of Jesus. You see, it's the story of Jesus that makes the whole story of the Bible make sense. And he brings light in all of history. Let's read God's holy and errant word together in John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning. Okay, my brothers and sisters in Christ, what other book starts with in the beginning? Genesis. So right off the bat, our our Big brother John, as he's writing to the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is going to have us immediately think, wow, this is a story of in the beginning. This is a story of creation. This is the story of the beginning of time. And so here we have John's gospel taking us back to in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things came into being through Him, through this Word that was God. And apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. By the way, let's think we're going to read it in a second anyway together. But what was it that God used to create all things out of nothing? It was His Word. And here we see the rest of the story being illuminated before our eyes that in the beginning this word was actually the second person of the Trinity. It is Jesus Himself. It is Jesus Himself who created all things out of nothing. He was with God and was God in the beginning. And look at verse 4. In Him was life. By the way, in Him and Him alone is life. In Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The darkness 
shines, I'm sorry, the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. You may have a little footnote there that says either comprehend, like understand, or it also means it did not overcome this light. The darkness did not understand nor overcome. We'll talk more about that in a few moments. Turn with me now to Genesis chapter 1. Let's link these two incredible stories together as we start our Advent season that this light of the world. Genesis 1, Moses writes, inspired by the Holy Spirit, tells us about creation. Genesis 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless. There was chaos. There was no form. And void. It was empty. And the darkness was over the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day. And the darkness He called night. And there was evening. And there was morning on the first day. I did not read John 1.14 that tells us that this Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw the glory, the glory of the only begotten. It's this Jesus who created all things. It's this Jesus that is the light of the world. It's this Jesus that has separated light from darkness. And He continues to do that and shine light into our own hearts. Let's again quickly pray together. Father, we need Jesus to shine. He needs to shine with power. God, for Your glory, speak through a broken cistern, a broken sinner who needs this message. Speak, Jesus. Shine, Jesus. So that we can see. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. As we get this incredible creation story, we see that it is Jesus Himself who is the Creator of all things. It is Jesus who is the light of the world who will speak and bring light to darkness. And we also see right from the beginning that there is a battle between light and darkness. A battle over dominion. Who is going to reign? A battle over what is going to uh, be in the light or what is going to be consumed by the darkness. And as we look at this story that Scripture gives to us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it's amazing because the God who comes and creates all things, He takes that which is formless, that which is chaotic. And listen, here's the reality. Without God, without Jesus Christ, all of our lives are formless. All of our lives are chaotic. And yet He comes to what is formless, what is chaotic, and He brings light. And because He brings light, you know what He brings? He brings beauty. He takes that which is chaos and He brings meaning. He brings that which is empty and He brings fullness. That which is, has, has no life and He brings life. That is what God does. And that is how God created. He took that which was formless, that which was void, that which was empty, that which was ugly, and He brought to it light. And because of God's light, it became beautiful. It became meaningful. It became full of life. And it's the same as our lives. We come in here and there's still darkness. It rains and maybe you have never had the light of Christ shine in your life. But this is what God does. He comes into dark places. The dark places of our souls. And He comes and He brings light. And He comes and He brings meaning. And He comes and He brings beauty. 
the beauty of who he is. Now, unbelievable A plan. God clearly brought light in the beginning, and he gives to us that light. He places us in paradise, and he says, now listen, here's what I want you to do. You're going to represent me as the light of the world, okay? I am the true light. I speak and light comes into existence. I'm placing you in paradise, a place that no longer is formless, a place that no longer is void, a place that no longer doesn't have any meaning, a place where God and man dwell together. I'm going to place you in this paradise that's beautiful, that gives you meaning, life, and purpose, and joy. And I want you to take this paradise and be the light of the world. Wherever the world is still formless, wherever the world is still void, wherever the world still has chaos, wherever the world still doesn't have meaning or doesn't have this light, take it to the world. Great mission, isn't it? We are the light of the world. I mean, we are to take it, but you know, we, we, even from the beginning, from Adam and Eve, decided now we'll, we'll seek our own light. We will try to uh, bring light or meaning in our own way, and we rebelled. And what happens? What happens if you have this now, this epic battle between darkness and light? What's going to win? Is light going to win or darkness going to win? And throughout the entire Old Covenant, the Old Testament, we see pockets of light that shines and pockets of darkness that overcomes. You know, you get a guy like Moses. He's the man. Moses is going to do it. He's going to bring light to God's people. And yet Moses' sin is going to disqualify himself from the promised land. He can't do it. Then you see a guy like David, a righteous king, rise up. Say, this is it. He's going to be the light. This is going to be the light of the world that's going to come. It's going to shine. It's going to bring order out of chaos, beauty out of what is void. And he messes up. He's an adulterer. He's a murderer. And throughout Scripture, as you read through the Old Testament, you realize there's this battle between light and darkness, and it looks pretty clear that darkness is going to win. As a matter of fact, as Malachi closes the Old Testament, we don't hear anything where God's people are left in darkness, and we're wondering, will the light ever come? Does the light win, or does darkness prevail? And into the darkness... And into this world that continued to mess up and fall and fail, Jesus would come as the light of the world to shine the light of God into our faces and to turn us inside out and to remake us as the light of the world, to restore us to the eight plan so that you and I can take this light to the world that desperately needs it. So he would come. He'd come into the broken and dark places that still reign in our hearts and our souls. And he would come and shine. And he would forever declare, listen, every one of you lean forward. He would declare the light wins. Darkness is not going to win. Darkness is not going to prevail. I am the light of the world. And that light will bring order to chaos, beauty to what is void, life to what is death. But if you look back at John 1, it says this. It says that this battle, this epic battle between light and darkness that Jesus stepped into, that the darkness didn't understand it. The darkness cannot comprehend it. I mean, we must realize that, Orangewood, my beloved family. We must realize that we have a message that the world is unable to understand. They cannot, Paul will say it this way in 2 Corinthians 4, 4. The God of this age has blinded the mind of unbelievers. So they're unable, they are unable because of their own sin. They are unable because of the God of this age to see the light of the gospel. Christianity and Christmas to them means Santa Claus. It means exchanging presents. It means something other than the reality. They cannot comprehend. Here's what they can't comprehend. 
You're going to tell me that God became man? You're going to tell me that an eternal God would step out of heaven and, and become flesh and dwell among us? You're going to tell me that God is not going to stop being God and become man? And we're, He's going to be clothed in humanity and that's going to veil His divinity? Are you going to tell me that you believe in a virgin that gives birth to a child? Are you going to tell me that you believe that there was a star that appeared out of nowhere? Are you going to believe in this foolishness? It's foolishness. It's weakness. God doesn't become man. They can't see it. It's weakness or it's foolishness. It's foolishness that God would show up in our flesh. It's foolishness that to rescue us, He'd go to the cross. It's foolishness that the light of the world will experience the darkness, the darkest darkness of our sins to set us free. It's foolish. And the darkness simply can't understand it. I wish I had a different message. I wish I could say, hey, here's, here's the deal. Jesus is the light of the world. Just go tell them. They're all going to say, of course he is. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's there. But here's what the reality is. They cannot understand unless God gives them the ability to understand. Unless He reaches into their darkness and opens their eyes. And wonder of wonders, He wants to use us as the messengers of this light. He wants to use us to tell them that you can have this light. And this light into darkness will change you from inside out like it did John Newton, a slave trader. Who once he sees the light of Christ, his life completely changes. And the light that comes says, it's amazing grace. How sweet the sound. There's such good news, my brothers and sisters in Christ. The light of Christ still shines. Although we live in a dark world, although there's still darkness in our own hearts, the light of Christ shines. And the reality hasn't changed. The darkness can't understand it. They can't. It's foolishness. It's weakness. And yet, by God's grace... Because of the foolishness of God, Paul will tell us in 1 Corinthians 1, he chose to save his own through the message of this foolish Advent season. The light of the world reigns. But not only does the light not understand, listen, the light does not overcome. The light, and I'm sorry, whoop, complete change of story. That would have been really a strange part of the story. The darkness not only does not understand, the darkness does not overcome, does not snuff out the light. Matthew is going to tell us the story of uh, Herod, King Herod. And he could tell us, Matthew's going to tell us in Matthew 2 the story of the star and the magi who come to worship this newborn king. And here's what the, here's what the uh, wise men do. They go to Jerusalem, the center of the hub of uh, this religion, and they want to know where in the world is this king of kings and lord of lords supposed to be uh, born. Tell us where he is. We see this star. We want to come and worship him. We got some presents. We want to acknowledge that this incredible event has happened. And you know, through Herod and through the leaders of those in Jerusalem, they knew where Jesus would be born. They had enough light to know it's going to be in Bethlehem, this blessed event. And Herod said, as a hypocrite that he is, hey, I want to go worship too. So will you tell me where Jesus is? And you're wise men, obviously. You've come a long way. When you find him, report back to me because I want to come and worship. He wanted to go and kill you see, he was a king that didn't want to be dethroned. He was an earthly power that didn't want to kneel. He wanted to not relinquish any power. And Herod wanted to kill the light of the world. God intervened. He told the wise men, now listen, I know you talked to that fox, Herod, and he wants you to come back and report the news, but go around the back door. 
Don't go back the same way. And Herod's just fuming. He's just ticked. Because he's been, he's been outfoxed. And he, and he tried to play it off like he was a worshiper of God. And now he's left and doesn't know where this Messiah is. And so you know what he says? You know what he says? You know what this egomaniac says? Let's go kill all the boys that are two years of age or younger in Bethlehem. That way I'll get rid of the light. Moms, I want you to picture that scene as the Roman soldiers come and rip away the children and the slaughter. So listen, so that the principalities of this world could try to snuff out the light of the world and overcome it. But they can't. They can't. And that's what this world wants to do. It wants to strip away the reality that Jesus is who He claims to be. They want to ring your doorbell and say, He's not really fully man. Read this watchtower. He's not really fully God. He's fully man, they believe. He's not fully God. Let me shape Him into who I believe He can be because I can't understand this. And let me try to overcome the reality that Jesus, the light of the world, has come to shine into our darkness. See, the world wants to snuff it out. They want to tell you your story is foolishness. They want to tell you that this light of the world really doesn't shine. Or He's shining awfully dimly. But the light came and the darkness threw at it everything it could. The powers of hell nailed Him to the cross saying, victory, darkness took over the world. It looked like darkness was going to win. But there's such good news in this Advent message that Jesus is the light of the world. That darkness did not overcome. The darkness was defeated. The tomb was empty. The light cracked open as the stone was rolled away. And we know, listen, we know this Advent season that the light of the world still reigns and rules. And darkness will not overcome. Not even in our own lives. You know that darkness is still there. Don't you sometimes wonder, is the light going to win here? It's darkness. I love the reality of my own grandfather's life. A drunk, a, a, a gambler, a man who ran from God. And yet, when the light of the Gospel penetrated into his dark life and into his heart, the radical transformation. He would say, the poor man that I am cried out and the Lord heard his, uh, his cry and the light that came and ruled and reigned. And I tell you, it's his prayers and the light of Christ that still shine in my life and pray for prayerfully through my kids and from generation to generation, when the light of Christ comes and dispels the darkness, the darkness will not prevail. Good news, Orangewood. The darkness will not prevail. The light of the world will. Jesus is the light of the world. Let me give you a couple of texts that will tell us that. 1 John 2.8 Because the darkness is passing away, my brothers and sisters, the darkness is passing away. And the true light is already shining. And again, Jesus spoke and said to them, I am the light of the world. He's talking to His disciples. He who follows Me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Listen to John 12, verse 35 and 36. While, walk while you have the light, so that darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light, so that you and I may become sons of the light. Here's the reality. 
God's A plan from time began is to separate light from darkness. God's A plan from time began was to separate light and darkness and have light bring life, meaning, order, uh, into what was dark and void and empty. And God's A plan, unbelievably, was to use us to bring that light of the world to whatever doesn't have meaning, order, what is still chaotic. And what man couldn't do, what man couldn't do is that we couldn't bring that light. We couldn't even have the light inside. Jesus had to come as the light of the world and rescue us and to wash away our sins and to restore us to be sons and daughters of the light. And that is who we are. And now He tells us to go and to shine for Him. Shine this Advent season as sons and daughters of the light. To walk in His light. Let me ask you, are we walking in darkness? Is there still dark areas of our lives that we still walk in? That we still have fellowship in? Are there still areas that we're not allowing that light to come into? Christians, this Advent season is an incredible reality, an incredible reminder that Jesus Christ has come to shine into our darkness. To shine into our darkness so we can shine in this world, this perverse generation like stars for His glory. Have you decorated yet? How many of y'all have decorated? How many of y'all... Anybody do the Griswold stuff this year? Have you, have you kept it in check? Hopefully today will be the day that uh, we put our lights out. Uh, does anybody have a hard time with... Uh, hanging up Christmas lights and shorts when it's 80 degrees? Is there something wrong with sweating and hanging up Christmas lights? I don't know about you. I just still can't get used to it. I want a little bit cold, you know? I mean, just something that makes me feel like this is Christmas time. As you hang up the lights, or if you have, you've seen the lights, remember this, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that Jesus, the light of the world, still shines. Listen, wherever you see that light, Wherever you see those lights this, this Christmas season, remember Jesus, the light of the world, still shines in the darkness. But here's the reality. We can't just have an external ornamentation of Christmas. The lights that shine can't be the ones we plug into an electrical socket. The lights that shine, Jesus has come so that we, He would be the light of men. So that we would shine for Him. It's this Advent season. Jesus, the light of the world, wants to shine through Orangewood. He wants to shine through your life and my life. The reality that the light didn't understand, the darkness didn't understand it. The darkness didn't overcome it. That Jesus truly is the light of the world and the light wins. He wins in our own life. It's hard to feel like we're walking in a winter wonderland when it's this ridiculously hot. But it's not walking in a winter wonderland. It's walking in the light of Christ as sons of Christ, as sons of the light, bringing that light to others. C.S. Lewis would say this. He would say, without the advent, without the coming of Christ, it's just like winter with no Christmas. And for the world out there, it's like winter. It's darkness with no Christmas. But the light of the world has come. And we have reason to celebrate in the midst of the darkness. The darkness is not going to be overcome and it's going to continue to shine. And this table is an incredible reality, an incredible picture of that reality that the light still shines. Let us pray together. Father God, we thank You that You truly are. Your Son truly is the light of the world. That You would love us enough to send Him to rescue us and to shine His light into our darkness. Father, thank You for reminding us 
that the world can't understand the gospel story until you first touch their hearts. But you still call us to go and to proclaim it. And Father, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you that Jesus is the light of the world and the darkness will not overcome this light. The darkness that's still there in our lives, the darkness that are still in our homes, the darkness that are still in our neighborhoods and in this world. And it's unbelievable that you choose to shine through us and that we now are the light of the world. Shine, Jesus, shine. For the glory of the Father, we pray in Christ's name. Amen.